This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. For those that are maybe visiting with us this morning or guests this morning, I just want to let you know we're in the midst of a just a, a literally a time of fasting and prayer where we've literally created this theme called Breakthrough. We just saw five experiences or five testimonies of what God does to break through in people's lives. And I know that we've got many more out there, but I'm excited about what God's doing. If I can this morning, I just want to share a couple of different thoughts regarding this concept of breakthrough. I believe it's going to prepare us for next Sunday. I also believe it's going to prepare us for the rest of our lives. And so I'm excited about what's going to be said this morning, and I honestly believe this is from God, this is not from me. And so I'm just going to try to get out of the way as, I much, as much as I possibly can and express the heart of God to you this morning. How many excited to hear what God wants to say? The word breakthrough is a word that is literally defined by Webster's as this. It's a significant and dramatic overcoming of a perceived obstacle. I'm going to say it again. A significant and dramatic overcoming of a perceived obstacle obstacle allowing the completion of a process. How many are sick and tired of being on the same process and want a breakthrough to completion? Yeah. All right. Okay. That's good. Thank you for all five of you for responding. Um, I'm going to pick up and I'm going to start with our theme verse for this breakthrough uh, uh, time. And it's in 2 Samuel 5, 18 to 20. It's right behind me so you can follow along behind me. It says this, the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the Valley of Rephium. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me, like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim, and Baal-perazim literally means Lord of the Breakthroughs. How many want the Lord of the breakthroughs in your life right now? Amen? Amen. If it's okay this morning, I just want to share five very quick, very brief principles or keys to breaking through. We good? Okay, I'm going to find it in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 uh, 1 to 5, and I'm going to start reading in Mark chapter 2, verses 1. It says, And when he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum, after some days it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. Think about the scenario for a second. Sometimes we get these wonderful, nice little concepts of what the the scenario looked like. The rooms back then were not very big. The homes were not very big. So there was an overflow of people jammed into the room, jammed into the corresponding areas and the corresponding rooms and everything that was outside. So how many know that somebody wanted to hear what Jesus had to say that day? Well, for us... If I can say it like this, uh, and many, many commentaries and many scholars will declare this, this wasn't Jesus' house, this was Peter's. What did Peter do? Peter saw the crowds, but who did he make room for? He made room for Jesus. Listen, key one to your breakthroughs, make room for Jesus. It's that simple. Make room for Jesus in your life. These five people just gave testimony because they gave room to Jesus Christ in their life. And to give place, if I can say it like this, not just to give room, but to give place. How many know that you can give room and still ignore somebody? How many have ever been in a room and felt ignored? How many have been in a room and no one ever acknowledges your existence? How many know that that's just like your home right now? Don't put up your hand, okay? Don't put up your hand. I don't want to to see that. 
But when we give place to something, it means to bestow honor. It means to yield to, to devote yourself to, if I can say it like this, to give permission to. We want to give permission to God this morning. We want to yield to the leadings of Jesus Christ in our lives. We want to devote ourselves to Christ because when we make room for Jesus, everything else changes. And I want to say this morning, when you make room for Jesus and you give place to Jesus, the person that you need to meet and the person that Jesus needs to meet is the real you. Right? Not the, uh, the um, created image of you. Not the uh, social media image of you. The real you. God wants to touch the real you. The authentic, genuine, real you. Why? Because when the real you meets the real God, Jesus Christ, in a real place, real things happen. I don't know about you, but I, I, I've been sick and tired of being disappointed by what doesn't work out. Anyone here? I'm tired of what doesn't work out. I have news for you tomorrow, this morning that God is the God of the breakthroughs, and He's here. Jesus is here. Make room in, for Him in your life. Put everything aside and make room for Christ. Amen? Going on in verse 3, it says this, in, in Mark chapter 2, verse 3, it says, And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Carried by four men. Step two, and any, any key in your breakthrough is not just make room for Jesus, but step two is this. Overcome your paralysis. So it's paralyzing you. If I can say it like this, who is paralyzing you? Right? So it could be a person from your past that you haven't forgiven. It could be a person who's influencing you away from God. It could be a person who's manipulating and controlling you. It could be a person who causes you to live in fear and intimidation. It could be a person who feeds your fears and anxiety. It could be a person who feeds your weaknesses and your habits. It could be a person who refuses to defend you. It could be a person who feeds your discontent. Who is causing paralysis in your life? Not just who, but if I can go one step further, what is causing paralysis in your life? Is it a condemning past? I'm so thankful those five people are free. Hold on a second. Yep, it's all down there. It's all gone. So you're free. Just wanted to just make sure the condemning past is down there. The hopelessness, the lack of peace, the lack of joy, all that stuff that's been buried. buried at the foot of the cross. When they came up, they came up new people. What is causing you to lose your peace? What is causing you to have paralysis in your life? Well, what do you need to do today? Very, very simple. It's simply this. Pick yourself up. Make room for Jesus. Because he's the Lord of the breakthrough. Pick yourself up. Don't stay down. Trust me. Staying down is no fun. I'm a Leaf fan. I understand it. Okay, trust me. I understand it. I understand it more than most people would ever know. 49 years and counting next year. But that's okay. It's okay. But the one thing that the Lord answered my prayer. See, Caleb and I changed our prayers about three months ago. And Caleb was all upset that they were losing and, and they're here they go again. And I said, Caleb, no. God answers prayer. So let's change our prayer. Jesus, help us to come last so that we can win the draft. He answers, he just doesn't answer the prayers that some people pray. He, he answered Caleb's prayer, so it was good. It was good. Verse 3, I love this, and it says, not only that they 
brought him, the paralytic, but they carried him. Four people carried him. Key number three to your breakthrough, keep the right company. Keep the right company. Be around faith-filled people. Don't be around people who are hopeless and frustrated. Don't be around people that are skeptics. Be around people that are full of hope and full of joy and full of perspective for your life. Hang yourself with them. Your circle matters. Your circle matters. It's so incredibly important. Make room for Jesus. Okay? Make room for Jesus. Overcome your paralysis. Keep the right company. And going on in verse 4, it says, And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they made an opening, they let down the bed in which the paralytic lay. Key number four, refuse to be denied. I've seen far too many Christians that are like, Oh, Jesus, if thou was there, please cometh down now and helpeth me in my disaster. But your, your whole life is just like, oh, God, you know, if you really care about me, and, you know, I'm probably like number 5,438 on your list today, and I know you don't really probably want to waste your time thinking about my little situation of which you feel like is never going to change. I don't know about you, but heaven, I don't think, gets off their seat for prayers like that. But when we come and we say, Lord, give us the city. And Lord, there's 123,438. And I'm not going to be satisfied unless all 123,438 are saved. Pray crazy big. Do crazy things. I mean, these friends came and they literally look at the situation saying, okay, this is kind of hopeless. (laughs) What are we going to do? Think about this. These guys refused, refused to be denied. Why? Because they'd rather be inconvenienced in order to see a miracle than to rest in complacency and miss a blessing. They went for it. There was nothing that held them back. What are you praying for today? What are you believing God for today? God's a big God. And if they have to remove the roof, they'll do it. And if you've got to remove the roof for your life, do it. What's key number five? Simply this, remove the lid of human limitation. Remove it. Don't hold back. Remove the lid. Remove whatever's capping it. Remove the lid and see beyond that today. I don't know about you, but you, know, you look through Scripture and you see people that have placed limits upon uh, themselves, like Gideon. You've seen people that have placed limits upon other people, like those that put that on Moses and others. But understand today, God uses the unknowns. He uses the nameless. He uses the faceless. And if I can say today, in great confidence, because I know who I am, he uses the useless because he loves us. He loves us. And he sees something in us that is so far beyond what we could ever see in ourselves. And those are the people he chooses to use. Why does he do that? Why does he use the nameless, the faceless, the useless, the unknowns? Why? So that he gets the glory. So it's all about him. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 29, it says this, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God shows things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chooses things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful. 
God chooses things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. And as a result, no one could ever boast in the presence of God. God gets all the glory. God got all the glory in that tank this morning. Amen? Amen. What's interesting here is there was five people in this equation. There was four men carrying a paralytic, so there was five men. Five is the number of grace. So at the end of the day, it's all about the grace of God. It wasn't even about them. Yes, they had to do things, and I'm giving you five keys to your breakthrough in this season, right? But it's all about God. At the end of the day, it's always about God. So what's the key? If I could wrap those five things up, those five thoughts up into one key idea, it's about obedience. It's about obeying. It's hearing from God, hearing what he has to say, and doing it. Go and do, right? That's what it's all about. If I can come back to the original passage for a second, I want to I read the, uh, or I want to kind of land on this original pa- uh, passage in 2 Samuel chapter 5, and it talked about the Lord of the breakthroughs, and and God coming to David and literally challenging him as to how you can get a breakthrough, how you can get victory in this particular circumstance. What many of you may not know or remember is that prior to this, they had another victory over the same people. But it was done a very unique way. But this time, God wanted to do something different. And it says in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 22 to 25, it says, Now the Philistines came up once again and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephim. When David inquired of the Lord, he said, uh, You shall not go up directly. Circle around them, behind them, and come out in front of them of the balsam trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then you shall act promptly. For then the Lord will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. Then David did so, just as the Lord had commanded him, and struck down the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. I'm glad I didn't live in Gezer. But anyhow, what happened? He prayed. He sought God. He heard from God. He obeyed. And if I can just paint a picture of the scene for a second. Um, sometimes we read these scriptures in the Bible and we go, that's so cool, that's so awesome, and I just I love how God does things. But put yourself for a second in the scenario and in the situation of one of the soldiers that has to follow his instructions. You just had a massive victory because God told you to go take them down. And they took them down. Wartime. You know, think Braveheart here, okay? That's what happened not too long ago. They come back. God says, this is how I want you to defeat them this time. He says, I want you to go and just hang around in front of the balsam trees, and I want you to listen for the sound of the army marching. And then, boom, it's going to happen. Right? I've never ever seen Night at the Museum Part 2, one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Right? Where... Right? Remember? Anyone? Come on. Am I the only one that watches kids' movies? Come on. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. One of my favorite characters. You know, good old General Custard. Sitting there in the box. God, guys, I got a plan. What we're going to do is we're going to open the door and yell out at the top of our lungs, Attack! And then we attack. So they thought to themselves, wouldn't that alert the enemy to our presence? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it didn't work out. 
So David comes back. David is sitting in the box in the Niagara Museum. He's saying all those mighty men around him. He says, boys, we're going we're gonna to go march in front of the balsam trees. And we're going to wait until we hear the sound of marching on top of the trees. And then boom, and they're, they're done. All right. How many have ever seen the game show Family Feud? Right? How many have ever seen a question asked and someone give a really dumb answer? It's like, you know, uh, name an animal that has three letters in it. Alligator. Oh, good answer. <laughs> good answer. Woo, good answer. Yeah, we're going to win. Big money. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> How many know that doesn't work? But for those that have been around Family Feud for any length of time, you'll know that everyone just keeps saying good answer no matter what the answer is. It's kind of like what you say to your three-year-old. No matter what they're doing. You're precious, dear. <laughs> okay. So David's mighty men, the guys that have been with them for years, I guarantee you this is what happened. The guys that have been with them for years, you know, the old-time guys, the military vets, they would have been like, yeah, good answer, David. Good answer, David. And the young guys were like, has he been hit on his head too many times? Like, that's crazy. How in the world can he say that? Like, we're nuts. Are you telling me to just go wait over there? So yeah, that's what he said. Good answer, David. Good answer. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's good. Oh, boy. But David knew something, and he was convinced of it. When you're convinced of breakthrough, nothing will stop you. Because you'll refuse to be denied. When you know there's breakthrough coming, like right now, I can honestly say, breakthrough is coming to this church, and breakthrough is coming to your family and to your lives. And I'm telling you right now, because the Lord is speaking. If you have any doubt in your mind right now about breakthrough for your life and for this house, I want you to lay it at the foot of the cross before you leave today. Because I'm telling you right now, God is unifying this body to see the heavenly, supernatural move of God take place in this house and in this city and in every other house that lifts up the name of Jesus. I guarantee it because God has spoken. So are you okay to say, good answer, Cameron? Good answer. Yeah, good answer. All right, that's good. All right, all right. But it doesn't end there. I want to end with one final thought. Once we pray, we need to obey. But where was the battle? Thanks for asking. It was in this place called Rephium. And Rephium literally means the land of giants, weeping, and fear. The land of giants, weeping, and fear. Some of you feel like you're right in Rephium right now. And you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. But God's promise comes in Psalm chapter 84, verses 5 to 7, and it says this. Blessed is the man or woman, that's my version, whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. One version says whose heart is set on devotion. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. And they go from strength to strength, and one appears before God in Zion. I have news for you today. The valley of Baca, which means fear and weeping, is the exact same place as Rephium. Weeping and fear. It's the same place. Two different ways of saying it. But the root word, Baca, is the same root word in the Hebrew for the word Rephium. It's the same word. Same place. So can I go back to the story? Second Samuel chapter 5, verses 24. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees 
Then you shall act promptly, for then the Lord will have gone out before you to strike the armies of the Philistines. So I have news for you today, or I have a question for you. What sound of marching did they hear? Was it the Philistines coming? Or was it the army of the Lord? It was God's army. <laughs> what are you hearing right now? Are you hearing the marching of the Philistines? Are you hearing the marching of the army of the Lord? Because that is what's going to determine whether you see a breakthrough or not. Is Baca been made a spring? Or are you creating a spring because you're in Baca and you're crying so many tears? It's one of the two. Is Baca, Rephium, being made a spring? God supernaturally brought breakthrough because they listened and they obeyed. That's what God wants for you today. You're in a moment in your life right now. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going. You know, I know obviously some of your stories, but I don't know what you're dealing with this morning. I don't know what this week has been like. I don't know some of the things that are going on in your life. But this I do know that when you put God first and you make room for Jesus and you, and you literally surround yourself with the right people and you refuse to be denied, you overcome your paralysis. I have news for you. The season's about to change. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.